and welcome to another Five O'Clock Somewhere episode of <laughs> We Only Look Thin. I am your 36 hours sober uh, co-host, Catherine Weigel. I had a drink the other night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is shocking revelation a on a podcast. I had a beverage. Hi, I'm Catherine Weigel, and uh, I am sipping refreshing water. And this is my refreshing husband, Donald Weigel. Much more than 36 hours sober. Must be nice. <laughs> I don't know. Labor Day, I think. Oh, that's very interesting. Labor Day weekend. We'll let everybody know. We'll, we'll post it on social media. Hello and welcome. Hi. We're sober. Hey, why are we here? We are doing a uh, podcast. It's called We Only Look Thin, and I've lost a little over 100 pounds, and I'm here to tell you about it. He is, and I've lost about 110 pounds. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> no, I've I've lost about 147 pounds. Uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about drinking. I love how, like, when I try to be accurate about something, and you're like, you're like, ah, oh, you know, it's about 10, and I'll say it was 11. You get really mad yeah. at me. But then, like, you have to say 147. You can't just, just say 150. I feel like or people are even. counting on the accuracy of pounds. Like, to be like, eh, I lost about... Yeah. Blah, blah. Like, I just want to be transparent. Because in early episodes, I was very... Like, I had lost about 154 pounds. And I was like, I have lost 153 pounds, 0.9. Like, yeah. I just want to be transparent. I'm up a little bit working on it. So, uh, so yeah. So, we're going to... Work on uh, talking today about alcohol. Yes, this is a uh, difficult subject for a number of people. Uh, well, a difficult subject for a lot of reasons, but in uh, in relationship to weight loss, um, you know, not wanting to uh, to give up your party time. Yeah, your you time, your O'Doul's time. Oh wait, no, that's O'Doul's time. <laughs> I remember. Well, we'll talk about O'Doul's and Donald's hatred of it. A little bit later in the show. Uh, uh, but early in the show, we have a tip of the week. Tow! Tow! We and actually we're going to round it out with a product of the week. Pow! Pow! We everyone. actually had the cutest, uh, cutest video the other day. Yeah, it was pretty great. Of a young fan of the show uh, who, his mom sent us a video. Uh, Alexis sent us a video of a little kid. Santel, everybody. It was the sweetest thing I've yes. ever seen. Walt Super Chum Alexis. And yeah. Her, and her Super Chum son. Baby. Baby. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll start with... Saying uh, Tao, tip of the week to you. But it was much cuter. Yeah, much cuter than me. I don't know. Should it's we play it loud get much cuter or than play, me. It, play it live? I don't know if it'll... Uh, not right now. No? Okay. No. Donald says no. Sorry, Alexis. <laughs> the audio quality will be terrible. A little... Little kid is probably like, he was going to say my thing, and now he's And not. it'll take why you 20 that, minutes to find it. Why is that mean man do, doesn't want to hear me on the podcast? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> anyway, um, so we have a I'll, super- I'll tell you what. If I can, I will, like, I'll do it in post. Okay, I'll there get we the go. audio in post, and okay, I'll put it in. Okay. And I'll put it in right here. Ah, that was delightful. Isn't that the <laughs> sweetest thing you've ever heard? Exactly. Um, so we we have a super chum episode of, of Tows and Pals today, don't we, Donald? We sure do. We've got a Tow inspired by a Walt super chum and a Pow inspired by, so not inspired many. by, actually like they They did it. We're, they we're did phoning it. it in. This yeah. is basically- we're letting, we're letting you, the listener, do the heavy lifting <laughs> this week. So uh, do you want to start out with the Tow? Tow everybody. Tow, everybody. So, uh, Super Chum Elaine 
wrote us an email, which we love getting, and we uh, we do reply to. Uh, Elaine says, hello, Donald and Catherine. Hey, that's us. She's from Canada. They say hello in Canada, by the way. Oh, they do? That's, that's what they do in, in They America? say hello in they Canada? They say hello. That's, they're just like they're you just and me. They're just like you and me. They're, they're not so different. They're just like you not and me. Not so different. Uh, I have an idea for a tip of the week. Tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to you. Um, that might really be helpful for your listeners. Every day at bedtime, when I head into the bathroom to brush my teeth and do my evening routine, I turn on a Walt podcast. <gasps> Must be nice. Wow. That's oh. a really great idea. Elaine is a real person. We didn't come up with this No, ourselves. we didn't make this up. Um, I have listened to them all many times, but I find that listening to the podcast before bed gets me thinking about how I can shape my day tomorrow with what advice ideas were in that episode. After a while, I tend to forget advice or tips from last year, so, so this I. refreshing of ideas... <laughs> yeah, we forget what we've talked about on the show, too. Um, so this refreshing of ideas has been really helpful for me. Uh, so glad that Walt is taking off so successfully. Heart, super chum Elaine. Super chum Elaine. I she inserted also, the super chum part. P.S. You two are very good looking, she says. Says yeah. Elaine. Elaine said that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because she can see us on the podcast. Yeah, no, but she's in Walt Place, W-O-L-T. Walt Place, yes. Yeah, uh, but thank you, Elaine. That, that is, is our is... online support group, by the way. It is. Uh, but that is a great idea. I Sometimes we worry about repeating ourselves. We do it. Yeah. But we worry about it also yeah. at the same yeah. time. They can happen at the same time. Yeah, and sometimes I, I forget a couple of things. One is that not everyone has listened to every episode. It's wrong. And, it's and, not okay. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't <laughs> listen to every episode, but if you haven't... Get um, it done like Chopin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chopin would have listened to every episode many times by now. But also, like... If you if you haven't been reminded of something in a while, you know, it is easy to forget and easy to stray off of. And then sometimes, you know, you hear it again, like, oh, yeah, that's a good mm -hmm. idea. I should really do that again. Well, and I listen to uh, the Gretchen Rubin podcast, Happier, and she gives uh, – each week she gives tips of things to do and tip of the week tip to of you, the, she Gretchen doesn't say Rubin says. tip of the week friend <laughs> of the show um but you hear the episode and then you go like oh that's a great idea I'll totally do that and then I'll listen to the episode again a week later and be like I totally forgot everything she said. So yeah. go back, be like Elaine, super chum, and go back and listen to W-O-L-T. Well, and I know Elaine didn't exactly say this it, it implicitly, but I think also it's a good idea to maybe, you know, right before bed when you're thinking about what you're going to do the next day, thinking about, you know, what you want to do, how, how you really want your next day to go, setting intentions and resetting from the day that you just had. Listening to a show, you know, ours or a show like ours or um, a an audio book or some sort of, you know, motivational YouTube video or even, you know, reading right before bed, reading um, something that's going to get you on track for the next day, I think is a, is a great idea to be thinking about it at bedtime so that you wake up the next day with those thoughts in your head or maybe even dream about them. Oh. Yeah. How about that? I think that's a great idea. I'm glad she said it implicitly and not explicitly. Whoa. Beep. Yeah, we would get in <laughs> trouble. Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show, Elaine. 
We don't want Alexis's little son to hear you say something explicit. So exactly. I'm glad it was implicit. <laughs> so anyway. Me too. So that is the uh, the tip of the week. Tao! everybody. Tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to you, darling. Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. So now we're going to crack open a cold one. Uh, and, by cold, <laughs> and we're gonna actually i'm just drinking uh yeah. water out it's, of it's my actually, contigo water bottle see listen it, i know it's five o'clock somewhere but it's it's about eight thirty in the morning here yeah, as we do this little hair of the dog i'm drinking Whoa. water I'm hair drink- of the dog hair of the water yeah, but, yeah. i'm just drinking water because it's hot it's hot so uh so yeah we're gonna talk about alcohol and it's uh and how it can be great and bad <laughs> Yeah, and look, before we really dive into it, I just want to say, um, if you have a real, like, alcohol problem, this show is about, you know, people who drink moderately but are trying to either work alcohol into their diet plan. You know, this is about calories and getting fit. If you have an actual alcohol problem, please um, go seek actual professional help. This is not the podcast for no, that. No. We are talking about health and fitness and weight loss as it relates to alcohol. And um, if you are somebody who is on your fitness journey and is going to get triggered by lots of talk about drinks, this may be the episode to skip or skip ahead to the product of the week um, at the end of the show. And uh, But please continue to download it so we get credit for it. Yeah. No, and <laughs> we... Uh, we take the issue seriously. I think I um, I had more of an issue with alcohol kind of actually right before I started uh, losing weight. So we're going to talk about our experiences uh, with identifying as people who enjoyed alcohol and made it a part of their lives and didn't understand why they were overweight. Um, but we're going to give you some tips on how to manage it. Um, but like Donald said, if you do feel like you have a serious issue, please talk to a counselor. Uh, or uh, get some professional help because uh, we actually have a neighbor. Most of our our uh, our Sunday recordings happen early because we have a neighbor who actually hosts an AA meeting, and he makes lot. They make lots yeah, you of may chanting have heard noises, them singing "Happy Birthday" and other things uh, in the background as we record from time to time. Yeah, so he has about twenty, thirty guys over every Sunday. So it is a constant reminder that uh, that it is an issue. So uh, so we're talking about it. Fun times. Let's lighten it back up. <laughs> <laughs> Boobazella sound. Woo. Um, so, uh, so where do you want to start out with talking about your experience with alcohol? Yeah, I, um, I, I don't really have an alcohol problem as it relates That's to alcohol problems, say. but um, I definitely, you know, had one in terms of my weight and. I spent most of my 20s, uh, most of my early 20s, I really didn't even drink. And then, then he met me. Yeah, right around age 24, I, I started. Um, and I was mostly kind of a beer guy, um, didn't care for much else. And then uh, somewhere around my mid 30s, I, I don't know why taste change, um, but I suddenly felt like I discovered, in air quotes, uh, you know, wine and champagne. And well, I think you worked on a uh, movie up in Napa. Oh yeah, and, that remember? might have been that might have been uh, what got <laughs> so me he, going. He actually lived in Napa for a few months. For like that Must wasn't yeah, nice. it was like two months. I was up in Napa that I was being paid to be up there, and like part of my job was actually to go to wineries and take photos so that we could. Uh, 
we could, uh, you know, set up some establishing shots and stuff, and I could send them back to Los Angeles. And so a lot of the times I had to pay for tastings on the company when I went Must up there. Must be nice. Yeah, and no, establishing shots means uh, video or video footage of a winery, not actually like Jack Daniels shots. Yeah. Just letting you know for people not in the biz. <laughs> but we exactly. we went up. Uh, I went up to visit you when we went wine tasting, and it kind of became a thing. And we started kind of seeing ourselves as wine people. Yeah, and I I really was felt like I was coming into my own as somebody who really enjoyed fine wine and uh was into, you know, craft beer and, you know, getting into like really, you know, high-end gin and vodka and things and um and I also weighed a, a little over 100 pounds more than I do right now and um we belong to three wine clubs up in Napa. And then I got a diabetes diagnosis. Well, and beyond that, we uh, we were footloose and fancy free, as you are before you have kids. Yeah. And then we uh, became parents in sort of a non-traditional way. And so we actually- Yeah, our daughter was eight when we got her. Yeah. Um, so before she came to live with us, we actually went to Napa for the weekend. And we're like, we're not going to join any wine clubs. And then we did. Yeah. We we joined three wine clubs. Well, we, yeah, we were members of two and we added one. Yeah. Um, but- so we were we identified as people who enjoyed a, a lovely beverage, a frosty cocktail. Uh, Donald enjoys the football, so there's like football Sunday beer. You know how drinking goes. Everybody, you know, we're grown ups. Yeah, That's yeah. What and here in uh, here on the West Coast, football games start at 10 a.m., so you can legally start drinking beer at 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but sort of. At the same time, before Donald received the diabetes diagnosis, um, parenting was not something we were expecting, and it uh, was very difficult for me. Donald worked a lot, and uh, we uh, we did not have a super easy go of it at first. It was a big emotional challenge for me. It's super easy going now, though. Yeah, oh, no, super easy. Um, but... I tried to act like everything was normal and this is this is kind of where my alcohol overconsumption started was um I didn't take any time off when we became parents. I tried to act like everything at work was normal. I tried to act like parenting was normal and I used food and alcohol to as sort of my end of day reward for all of the hard work that I was doing. Uh we had a lot of switch ups at work. I was doing the job of three people literally and took on another giant project at work and was doing parenting and was getting calls from the principal. And yeah. I used alcohol. I, I started actually drinking like every day. I would just have like, Oh, you know, mommy juice, you got to unwind with alcohol. <laughs> but I, you know, I started having a glass of wine every night and that would lead me because it's, you know, it, it loosens you up and then it would have me eating hummus and crackers and, you know, overdoing it pretty much every night. And, yeah. and you, but you never really drank to get drunk. Like it was more of a couple of drinks. I drank to be not stressed. Yeah. I mean, it definitely got to the point where I was using it to help numb my stress and kind of get through the day. Like, and, and you were working a lot at the time. I think you were working weekends Well, I'm working too. a lot now at this time. I too. know, but you were working, your shift was like, you worked Saturdays or Sundays or something. So it was, it was really intense and really, um, 
you know, I used food and alcohol to just kind of get through and it started scaring me. And that's kind of where, um, where my journey started was like, I was, I was depressed. I was eating and drinking a lot and I was not setting a great example for our daughter. Um, I was angry all the time. I felt put upon and I realized that I was using my life as an excuse to treat myself really poorly. Yeah. And I've told this story before, but, you know, my doctor looking me in the eye and saying, you know, if you don't do something, uh, you are going to lose a limb or go blind, like which are common complications of diabetes. Um, that like, you know, again, in air quotes, scared me straight. And I, I basically decided right there, you know, he told me to give up all alcohol and sugar and bread and lots of other things, which I essentially did for a year. And, um, you know, I was very hardcore about it, but it was, it was really difficult as I identified as somebody who enjoyed fine wine. Like I, identified as somebody who was really into champagne and sparkling wine and, um, you know, again, craft beer and that sort of thing. And I really thought I was, you know, like an adult when I did those things. And it felt really weird to suddenly be somebody who was just like, no, I'm not having it at all. Well, and I think that there is a lot of, um, like Donald said, like we actually, the, the weekend before he got the diabetes, diabetes diagnosis, we actually went to Napa and it was like our weekend getaway. Our daughter was Yeah, I think visiting. it was like literally Lit- the weekend before. But it's like, it's a reward. We, we have busy lives where, you know, parents now we've got crazy jobs that we're trying to manage and it was a reward. It was like, you know, it was something that was just ours. You know, right. it's like, it was our time. It was our way of, of unwinding, but we paid a price for that. And then, you know, when I, in January, 2016, just sort of was at my lowest low, you can go back to the, is it the Catherineing episode or what was it called? Yeah. The episode one, episode two, something like that. Like I, I talk about how I sort of got to my lowest place uh, and wanted to start losing weight. And I realized at that time, and I know everybody, we're, we're going to talk about sort of how to manage alcohol in this. It's not all about us. Um, but for me, I started tracking calories in January 2016. And it was at that point that I saw how many calories were in wine and I saw the result of a glass of wine plus hummus plus crackers plus snacks. I saw that it wasn't just the alcohol calories. It was the calories that it gave me the motivation to consume afterward. And that was enough for me to just cut it out and and yeah. decide that I wasn't going to have it casually during the week. And it made a, a really big difference in my journey. Donald received the diabetes diagnosis and was told he couldn't drink. And I remember at the time, and this kind of is in a, you know, in a whole world of anything you might have to give up while you're losing weight. Don's thought is forever. Like, he's like, I'm yeah. never going to feel joy again. I'm never going to have a sweet yeah, I again. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was the rest of my life that I had to do that. And I do have to be vigilant for the rest of my life. But it turned out I did not have to give up drinking forever, which is the good news. But you know, there is a there was a period of time where I didn't trust myself around certain things. I and it wasn't just like I may not have had an alcohol problem, but I definitely had a like soda problem, like a Coca-Cola problem. And, you know, the the happy ending to this is not to digress too much is like I now am not 
that drawn to it anymore. Like I can have a Coca-Cola and then move on. And part of that is that I don't anymore want to drink my calories because I know I'm not as satisfied if I drink my calories versus if I eat my calories and actually like feel a little more full. Yeah. And so if if you're taking anything away from this, and we haven't even started talking about the things we're suggesting. No, yet, we haven't even gotten there Is yet. that we feel like something is forever. Like, oh, I'm always going to be on a diet. I'm, always, I'm never going to be able to go out to dinner. I'm never going to be able to have a drink. I'm never, never, never. And it is a finite amount of time if you have a casual issue with you know, sweets, or if you're diabetic and you need to cut things out, it doesn't have to be forever. So don't think about forever. Just think about the modifications that you can make right now. Um, because it is different now. Like our relationship yeah. with alcohol is different. I could have, I literally had half of a glass of champagne I shared with a friend on Friday night, which, um, which was why I was 36 hours sober. <laughs> yeah, that no, was I when get I drank. It. Um, but we had half of a glass. And before that, she and I would have each, you know, we would have cracked open an entire bottle yeah, you of would champagne. Have split a bottle for sure. And we we shared an individual, like a one serving container of it, and it was fine. It was good. So we'll talk about moderating. Yeah, we have a, a whole episode about abstaining versus moderating, uh, battle of the century, uh, which I'll post a link to in the show notes. That's all about, you know, for for the better part of a year, year and a half, there were things I just avoided entirely, and you know. It's possible there are things that you'll never be able to bring back into your life, but I'm now able to enjoy a lot of the things that I had cut out for that time and work them into my plan and not binge eat them or binge drink them or whatever. And so even at my age, I'm I'm just about to turn 50, you know, and I only started doing this about three and a half years ago, almost four years ago, I was able to teach myself a new trick and learn how to moderate these things. But part of that moderation was, you know, going cold turkey for a good long time. Yeah. So, um, so why don't we, do you want to, are you good with diving into kind of the meat yes, of the, the issue? So, um, so Donald, does the Food and Drug Administration manage the calorie counts on alcohol? I'm so glad you asked me that question. No. What? They but don't. you put it in your mouth. The reason that um, alcohol has no nutrition information on it is that it's actually regulated by the, uh, the Treasury Department's uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. The good time group. <laughs> the good time group. <laughs> As they're known. As they're known. Whee! As they're known around Congress. Um, so the FDA has very strict policies about regulating, you know, food and drink and what you have to put on them. The labels, including calorie counts, and, you know, they're always constantly revising them in ingredient labels. And if you'll notice, almost no alcohol has those nutrition labels on it. It's not in their purview, my guy. No, Not no. in your purview. Because alcohol, tobacco, and firearms does not care about nutrition information. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm going on record. Uh, saying people. they don't care but like mixers um, do like if if you went and bought you know yeah. some uh, a mixer package or whatever from your bevmos uh, yeah. that would have calories and on not it. to get super technical but um there are some things like wine coolers that have to have the nutrition on it because there's like an alcohol percentage, percentage threshold at which the fda gets to take over regulating it and, and if you're still awake Welcome yeah, back to exactly. Walt. <laughs> but so <laughs> wake up. <laughs> so um alcohol, and I'm sure if you're listening right now, you probably know about alcohol, but it 
it takes on many forms. It's not just for one thing. It is social medicine. That is the name of a, a song from one of my favorite groups, Sebado. Ah. Social medicine. It is a social lubricant. It makes conversation easier. Uh, it takes away stress. It would make this conversation easier. It would. We're doing this dead sober, which is why <laughs> it's not so fun. Um, but it makes tough days seem easier, right? Like you crack open a beer. It's it's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. Um, it relaxes you. It tastes delicious. Uh, it is a reward for a hard day. Uh, and it's there is a culture, like a mommy juice culture yeah. right now. Like we went away a couple of weekends ago and I was out with um, some women and someone actually had a big tumbler of what I, I didn't know what it was. And it ended up being some cocktail mix beverage. She's like, oh, a little mommy juice. Am I right? And I was like, oh, yeah. no, this is the mommy juice I've heard about. Thankfully, if you're a dude, like daddy juice just sounds no, wrong. That no, that does not sound that's right. That's not good. Um, yeah. There's but, not a culture of that. But so alcohol is fun, but it can also be a way to numb your feelings. Uh, it is a lubricant for loneliness. It passes the time. Um, it's also an acceptable peer pressure. Like if you go out and you're not drinking, other adults scold you and hammer you and why aren't you having fun and come on just have a drink and like it is it is a socially acceptable peer pressure that i think a lot of people have to manage like i said it's a it's a conversation starter you go out for for uh, dinner and drinks with uh, colleagues for work it just sort of is an expected part of adult life for many um, and it's also like a sophisticated like donald was saying like we belong to some amazing wine clubs and we were invited yeah. to fancy dinners and like yeah and it was really nice identifying myself as as sort of a you know don draper like james bond type who like had a very specific like you know bollinger 1954 please like i knew you know i knew what was good and i yeah, like top shelf gin and like it, yeah and i i could identify champagnes versus sparkling wines and you know that kind of thing like it feels like you're a real grown-up when you can do those things for sure and so we drink for many reasons, and the sh those are all sort of the short-term uh, circumstances or benefits of it. It's like, oh, it's fun, and it's you relax, and you're watching the football game. But it, the Medical News uh, Today website, the the Bummer Town, unfun BummerTown.com, people who don't want you to have a good time. Uh, wait, what? What did I call uh, the Bureau of Tobacco and Firearms? <laughs> the Good Time Group. The Good, I think. The good Time Group. <laughs> the opposite of the Good Time Group. Um, they bring up. See, we were talking about forgetting things that we've said on this episode. I already forgot what we said like earlier in this episode. So um, they claim uh, that alcohol use affects motor skills. What? What? Um, it. <laughs> That's just what big sober wants you to think. <laughs> yeah. Um, it can help. It, it can enable uh, slurred speech. Which, uh, you know, it does happen. Yeah. Uh, it affects your memory. Uh, it can uh, contribute to, here's the fun time, over 200 different diseases. Yay! <laughs> um, cirrhosis of the liver, pancreatitis, cardiomyopathy. Catherine's going to read all 200 Ulcers, right now. <laughs> uh, vitamin deficiencies, anxiety disorders, depression, nerve damage, and uh, more importantly and more immediate, hangovers yeah. and uh, acid reflux. Yeah, and also um it uh I I 
read a couple of places that alcohol can numb your stomach um, or, you know, does numb your stomach. And so it inhibits your ability to feel full. So, you know, one of the kind of side effects of drinking, even just a couple of drinks, is that you you lose your ability to feel full and it you sort of lose your inhibition to snack. I have had that problem since I was four years old. So <laughs> when you started drinking? Yeah, when I started drinking Nesquik anyway. Yeah. But the more you drink, the increased tolerance you have, which means yeah. you're consuming more calories. So there are so many different short-term and long-term uh, benefits and drawbacks to alcohol. Um, so we're going to dive into, speaking of uh, increased appetite, um, we're going to quote friend of the show, Yoni Friedhoff. Mm, mm, such a um, good friend. He he wrote the book The Diet Fix. Uh, we're reading it right now in Walt Place, W-O-L-T. Um, but he says, and we love rhyming things, al- <laughs> alcohol dissolves resolve. That is yeah. easier to read than it is to say, but alcohol- Alcohol d- dissolves resolve. Dissolves resolve. Say that 10 times fast. So it- any intention, any sober intention that you have is gone when you have alcohol. It changes your mindset. Anytime you think like, oh, I'm going out to eat. Donald and Catherine have reminded me to check the menu before I go out to eat. Yeah. And then your your chum, uh, not chum of the show, friend of the show, but your your Not three, super chum. Not your super real chum, life chum. Your real life chum. So oh, why don't we get cocktails? It's Friday. Let's celebrate. And that delicious. And their voice goes up two octaves just like that. Yeah. Uh, then you have a gin and tonic, and then you go. You know what? You don't YOLO, everybody. Let's yeah, YOLO. Let's get those avocado roll appetizers now. Let's do it. And I did that for years. You know, it's like you have that intention, but you take that sip, and then it makes you uh, what I like to call. This isn't Yoni Friedhoff. This is me. It makes you calorically promiscuous oh suddenly your intention the show's getting explicit again (laughs) (laughs) um so your intention of oh you know what i'm just gonna get the you know the salad or i'm gonna get the you know the the protein and the vegetable suddenly that goes out the window and that's the big immediate you know uh we only look thin impact of alcohol. It's what it's not necessarily the hundred calories of gin. It's what it leads you to and the calories that you eat because of it. Yeah, but you you do also have to be mindful of the calories themselves. Um, there are some drinks like you know a regular beer has something like 180 calories in it. Um, light beer closer to like 120. But then there are drinks like a mudslide which like one mudslide can have like 500 calories in yeah. it. yeah i mean when we went on vacation uh donald got something called a lava flow which is uh, basically this is a thing that everyone else knows about but i only discovered it back in july and it was pretty fantastic but it's also probably 800 calories probably in each one that i just couldn't stop consuming it's a milkshake it's, it has coconut that's an antioxidant yeah, right exactly so it's the you know, if we if we go through a, a Friday night happy hour, why don't we why don't we start there? Yeah. So you go out for happy hour. You promise yourself you're going to have one light beer. It's a hundred calories. What's the big deal? You know what? Everybody else is getting a, an apple teeny. You know what? Those are two hundred and forty <laughs> calories. Uh, which... I know when I go out with the boys, we all get apple teenies. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you bro up and get an apple teeny. Um, <laughs> Come at me, bro, with your apple teeny. <laughs> Um, so you get an apple teeny, and that is 240 calories. And then everybody else is, you know what? Let's get an avocado egg roll appetizer. Why not? Uh, so you get that, and it turns out that that's 1,000 calories. Whoa. But then you know what? We're going to get lettuce wraps. Lettuce. It's basically just like eating vegetables. It's, le- it's, it's, it's paleo-friendly, whatever. Turns out the lettuce wraps are 1,000 calories. Yeah. And then suddenly, you know what? People are getting a second round of Cosmos. You got to get another Cosmo. And then Wait, suddenly, wait. We switched from Apple Teenies to Cosmos? We're getting Cosmos now. I can't keep we, up. We just watched Sex in the City. And this, if it's good enough for Carrie Bradshaw- This too crazy for me. This was basically my life yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, because a Cheesecake Factory opened up next to our office, and yeah. this literally happened all the time. So all of those intentions of you know being mindful or just sticking to one thing goes out the window. Even now, like at, at I'm, this isn't like blowing up in the Cheesecake Factory conspiracy, but they actually have like skinny cocktails now, which have lower calorie mixers. Yeah, the alcohol still makes you want to have the thousand calorie egg roll dish. Yeah. Like it, it still happens. So. We start with the intention, and Yanni Friedhoff, and I know uh, even Catherine and Donald Weigel have talked about uh, 365 surprises as well, and there are as many as seven days a week. Did you know that, Donald? What? There are. Um, Not on my calendar. (laughs) But we talk about, you know, if you're just, if you're great all week, if you're Monday through Friday, you're eating at your deficit, you're hitting all your targets, and then it's the weekend, you gotta, you know, everybody's working for the weekend. You gotta unwind. If your weekend starts on a Friday, yeah. let's say, and you go and get the cocktails, and then you do that again all weekend, do you know that if you start stopping your health goals on a Friday, that is forty three percent of your week yeah, that three, you are sabotaging? Three out of seven days. Three out of seven days. If you're just doing Saturday and Sunday or Friday and Saturday, that is still 29% of your week that you're sabotaging. And any work that you're doing Monday through Friday can be completely undone by a couple of days of cocktails and snacks. And look, I I think that one of the points of this show is that you can't, you don't have to be perfect 100% of the time, you know, but I think only only being on your plan like four out of every seven days is is probably not going to cut it well and uh another show that i listened to the shaleen show uh she talked about the difference between intuitive eating which i intuitively eat everything everything and informed eating and what we're trying to do with just laying this all out is If you're informed by how alcohol affects you, how calories add up, and how inhibitions go away when you're drinking, at least you go into it knowing, okay, this is the pattern. If I start with a Cosmo at 5 o'clock, I'm going to end up with a 2,200-calorie chicken and biscuit meal from Cheesecake Factory if I start down this path. And being informed- I think I talked about it on this show not too long ago. Even after, you know, all of the progress I've made, um, within the last couple of months, I had a uh, a beer pretty early in the day, like thinking I would just work it into my calories. And then I just like basically like threw up my hands and ate whatever I wanted the rest of the day. And it was just, you know- I, it, it was just kind of like that one beer just set me off to the races. And so I, I learned a very valuable lesson from that, even now, like not to do that early in the day. Yeah. And I mean, and knowing your patterns and knowing your triggers are really important. And 
from the Gretchen Rubin construct of the four tendencies, there are people are affected in different ways by outer accountability. Um, in in talking through this episode and throwing out calories and impacts and and whatever, in Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, there are upholders who, if they make a decision to do something, like you find out all this information about calories and how alcohol impacts you. Yeah. Um, our friend of the show and Walt. Uh, Walt Watcher, <laughs> Walt Participator, Nicole is an upholder. Like she makes a decision, she follows through with it. She's lost 80 pounds, she runs half marathons, and she goes to Buffalo Wild Wings and has beer all the time. Like yeah. it is she has worked it into her plan. She's able to eat at a deficit. She uses the Weight Watcher points and she makes it work. There are people who are meticulous and who ha- can make a decision and follow through with it and not be impacted by temptation of indulgence. Um I'm not that person. For no. Don- Donald identifies as a questioner. If he gets all the facts, he can make a a conscious decision about it. His physician told him that he would lose a leg. Uh, and or go blind if he kept drinking and eating the way he did. He said, "Don't mind if I don't." And he just decided, at, like he had enough information as a questioner yeah. to make that decision. I identify as an obliger, which means that I need external accountability to get things done. And for those of you out there who identify as an obliger, if you're in a social situation where other people are egging you on to drink, come on, it'll be fun. Just have one, burp, 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 making that sound. <laughs> like you're much more likely to give in to external pressure, peer pressure to drink or eat outside of your zone. So being aware of that, being uh, informed about the kind of person you are and the 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 dangers that befall you, I think is really important. Her final one is the rebel tendency, which is sort of, you can't tell me what to do and neither can I. I'm not going to listen to your final one. Yeah, but like we belonged to three different wine clubs and it was really hard. Like we identified as... I'm still sad about canceling one of them in particular. Yeah, um, let's say it at the same time. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... We identified as wine drinkers. It was sophisticated. It was who we identified as. And having to cancel those was so tough because it was part of our identity. And if you're a rebel and you identify as someone who loves to unwind, who you're not going to be, you know, controlled by other people's opinions. Like if you don't have your wine, who cares? Or, you know, like you can't boss me around. There is a, a price to pay for identifying as someone who has a drink every day after work to unwind. Like, and I paid that price, uh, with, uh, Pounds on the scale. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we have a bunch of uh, different tips and, and tricks and tows uh, and and pals to kind of help you navigate your alcohol choices um, through throughout the week, don't we, Donald? We sure do. And uh, one of them, which I'm not sure that my uh, lovely bride will agree with, is um, if you know that. Um, having that first drink is going to cause you to lose your inhibitions in terms of eating. Before you take it, eat something. Eat something that's in your plan and try and not show up to whatever it is, whether it's just your living room or whether it's actually like a social evening. Don't show up hungry. Um, that is, is a big thirsty. one for me. Yeah, well, and, or thirsty. And people, people including Catherine Weigel uh, of WOLT, um, I've I, heard of her. She's amazing I, and so good looking. I enjoyed, you know, the light buzz that I would get from having alcohol, and uh, I wouldn't want to eat 
before I drank because I wouldn't get that buzz. As Dr. Yoni Friedhoff says, if you're going to drink, and this is tying into what Donald said, drink while you're eating because it actually uh, slows down the absorption of alcohol. So either eat before you drink or do it in tandem because it slows down the absorption. Yes, exactly. Uh, another one is going back to how many days there are that, that society tells us are in a week. If you're drinking, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because it's your weekend and you're on wine time, cut that back a day. If you're drinking three nights a week, cut it back to two. If you're drinking two, cut it back to one. If you're drinking during the week, decide that Saturday is your day to have a nice cocktail. Don't, you know, like I literally was drinking seven days a week at one point and I paid the price on the scale. Make choices. Gretchen Rubin talks about having absolutes makes it easier for you. If you're like, should I have a drink tonight? Should I not have a drink tonight? Just decide. I only drink on Saturday night. I only drink on Friday nights after work. Um, it matters to make decisions in advance because then you don't have that decision fatigue. And, and we say this with everything involving weight loss, but be really honest with yourself and do not tell yourself that you can have just one drink when you know you can't. Um, if, you know, you have to be able to fit, if you're, you're going to make the choice to keep alcohol in your diet plan as part of your life, you have to be able to be honest with yourself and know that you can just stop at one or two or whatever fits in your plan. Because I am guessing that if you're somebody who, if you drink one, you've got to finish the bottle, that you're not going to be able to stay on your weight loss plan. And you have to be really honest with yourself about that. If you, if you, you know, repeatedly um, tell yourself you can just have one and then you don't, or you say to yourself, I can just have one and then not eat all the food, but you do anyway, then you've got to really reevaluate and decide whether alcohol really can be a part of your life and also stick to your diet plan. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but there are people out there right now who aren't going to be able to make alcohol a part of their life if they truly want to achieve their fitness goals. Well, and we uh, we actually did a Facebook Live in Walt Place uh, yesterday talking about alcohol. And uh, there may be people out there, and I, I, I think it, it it is not just me who has experienced this. Like, we have a neighbor who is 20 years sober, and I have thought to myself, not kidding, well, at least I'm not an alcoholic. Like, I eat, but you have to eat food. Yeah. Drinking is an option, but I have to eat. I have to eat food. Like, you know, so my my burden is heavier because I have to eat, but he doesn't have to drink. Like, and that is some messed up loopholing right yeah, there. For like, sure. that is not okay. And we, there, there is no arbiter of the perfect problem to have, but making conscious choices about how to use alcohol or how to abstain from it is really important. Yeah, a compulsion is a compulsion, whether it's, you know, you, you have to be around it or you don't. Yeah. So going back to the uh, deciding, if you're going to be drinking alcohol, uh, you should try to have it with food, which is is the first option. Reduce the frequency is another option. And then also changing your choices is an option, whether you do it socially or at home. Um, use smaller glasses. If you have like we have these giant crystal 
goblet things that probably could hold 16 ounces at once. Yeah. That's a lot. Just like we use small salad plates to eat our meals, drinking out of small glasses gives the appearance that you're getting uh, more for your your buck. So if you're drinking out of a small juice glass or a, a little cute little sort of Demitasse cup, it is it goes visually a lot longer or a lot farther than having it out of a giant 16 ounce, you know, super slushy gulp. Container. <laughs> out of your big the, gulp the cup. classy yeah you can't you can't have a giant glass and call it one serving like you really have to just like with food you really have to weigh and measure everything like a a serving of wine is six ounces like it's not a full glass yeah, top off <laughs> like if it doesn't go up to the lip um but also you can also dilute your your alcohol with something like a club soda. So there's something called a wine spritzer, which is a, a small amount of wine, and then a club uh, club soda, which is calorie free. Then a little squeeze of orange or lemon or something like that. So yeah. you can make your beverage. Delightful. You can pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. <laughs> um, so you can do that. You can also, if you're out in a social situation, you can switch between having a water and then an alcoholic beverage. So you're not just going uh, glass for glass with your friends. You can switch it out. Um, Yoni Friedhoff suggested that, or no, I can't remember. I did so much research. I don't know where I got it from. <laughs> but they said that diet ginger ale without ice looks like a delicious, refreshing beer. Yeah. If you want a, a mocktail, go with that. Um, yeah, or even just club soda with uh, with ice looks like a cocktail as well. Yeah, if you're afraid of being judged. Um, you can also have, like, it, so instead of a gin and tonic, you would have just tonic by itself or a club soda, like Donald said. Um, you can also, and this was definitely Yoni Friedhoff, say you are the kind of person who, do you remember Two Buck Chuck, Donald? Oh, yeah. Two Buck Chuck. I think it's still a thing, only it now costs like two ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, so like Trader Joe's had a really low quality, inexpensive $2 bottle of wine. It was almost like a fun, like, hi, oh, you got two buck chuck. Let's get a case of it. Like, well, let's drink it up, everybody. Instead of going with a two buck chuck, buy a very high quality bottle of wine. So instead of buying. Yeah, don't have your two buck chuck like, you know, multiple times in a month. Like, save up and get one really nice bottle and have that maybe once a month. Yeah. So, I mean, and you've all seen it at the uh, the grocery store. Maybe you have it in your own refrigerator, like your box of Franzia wine. And, yeah. you know, that's just like has a little spigot that you can just drink out of all the time. Instead of having it just as your default beverage. Yeah, I will grant you it is convenient. It is convenient <laughs> uh, and seaworthy. I had it on a boat once. Oh, it, was, wow. uh, it was very helpful not to have a glass bottle. But going with a really nice, high quality bottle of wine and savoring it. So if you're if you're with a partner or with a friend, sharing a really nice bottle of wine once a month and having a high quality experience and really savoring it soberly, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Can go a lot farther than just like popping open the you know the box of Franzia wine. Um, so that is an alternative. Go for quality instead of quantity. And also, just like with food, you really have to know your calories. Um, and uh, you know, 
remembering that drinks with a lot of mixers like margaritas and Mai Tais and uh, the mixers are, can be super high calorie where, you know, and not everybody likes everything. And so this won't work for everybody, but switching out for like a, you know, gin and soda or something like that can be much lower calorie or even a light beer instead of a, a regular beer. And I know that may take the fun out of it for some people, but at least understanding that if you're having that Mai Tai, that's probably 400 calories or that that margarita is probably four or 500 calories. Right. And then the free chips and salsa that go along with it. Right. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. So go for uh, white wine, red wine, uh, a, a high quality top shelf liquor with a with a soda included in it. And again, watching your pores like, you know, uh, an, an ounce and a half versus, you know, of of vodka versus, you know, three, four ounces, like suddenly that starts adding up as well. Donald's nickname at one point was Donnie Two Pours, by the way. <laughs> we went wine tasting and for some reason the, the person kept giving Donald two pours of everything. I was sitting at the end of the table. It's like, I'm living like, my best life. He kept pouring to me first and last. It was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, little Donnie Two Pours. <laughs> so um, make some choices also on, on the home front because I still enjoy... Uh, a, a glass of champagne every once in a while or uh, or a glass of Chardonnay. But there's the uh, the loophole of finishing what you've opened. They're like, well, I opened the bottle of Chardonnay. I got to finish it. Like, it'd be a waste of whatever. Um, I'm not saying it is the best quality in the world, but most grocery stores carry single-serving champagnes, single-serving uh, sparkling uh, wine and also like the little individual airplane pours of certain alcohols. If you worry about having to consume an entire container of something, buy an individual. I, uh, like I said, Friday night had shared a, a little glass of champagne with a friend of mine. Yeah. There was I no wasting. There's no leftovers. There's no, well, it's Sunday. Let's have mimosas. Like, and I know this is the alcohol show, but I do this with uh, with chips and with um, with uh, soda as well. Like you can buy Coca Cola in these little hundred calorie bottles and buy your chips. You know they sell they sell most chips in in bags that are like three hundred calories, but then they also sell them in smaller bags that are one hundred and forty, uh, one hundred and fifty. And, um, you know, they do the same thing with uh, a lot of alcohols. Um, you can get the smaller serving sizes. Well, and two, um, so I think those are great ideas. And I, I have really enjoyed the smaller containers of things because it, it has definitely helped me moderate. Um, going back, if we switch it over to math for a minute, do you mind if I put on a go ahead. Go math class? Um, we love our math on this show. Yeah. So this is sort of, uh, we love math and there are apparently 365 days in most years, um, just for funsies because alcohol is uh, not required for daily life. Uh, it is enjoyable, but it is not like... <laughs> <laughs> says you. Says me. But um, let's say a glass of wine has 192 calories. Shall we say that? Do we agree upon that? Sure. As why not? Do you agree that there are at least 365 days a year? I do. Okay. So if you do a little bit of quick math, that results in just over 70,000 calories of wine a year. Yeah, one glass a if day. If you just have one glass a day, which I was definitely having at least one glass a day. Uh, again, with some math, that 
that equals about 20 pounds of potential weight up or down the scale. If I cut out 192 calories a day or add 192 calories a day, that could be 20 pounds a year. If you tie that in with having one extra appetizer a week, so you get your cocktail and then you decide you're going to have the avocado egg rolls, which are 958 calories, which I totally used to do. If you have one extra, you know, almost 1,000 calories a week, that's 50,000 calories a year of un- wow. unplanned appetizer snacks. And that's just if you do it once a week. So you grab that extra handful of, uh, you know, cheese and crackers, or you get that extra appetizer. And that equals about 14 pounds of potential weight a year that you're not accounting for that you hadn't expected. So that's like 34 pounds of potential weight just from one cocktail a night. Yeah, a year. And you've got a lot of years of that. Yeah. And I did that and I got up to 250 pounds and wondered why that happened. And it was because I was using alcohol, one, to numb my feelings, not deal with my boundaries. I felt like a victim all the time. It also tasted delicious, but it was, it turned into a really ugly proposition for me. And if you have issues with alcohol and you have issues with not speaking your truth to people, I used it because I was afraid to tell people what I needed and what I wanted. And I have learned, I think we had a boundary. Oh, we had an episode, Dog the Boundary Hunter, um, where we talk about actually addressing people and speaking your needs and not using alcohol as revenge or as a reward for how much you're put upon in life. Um, But please know also with cutting down on alcohol, it's not like calories happen in a vacuum. If I just cut out my glass of wine every night, I'll lose 20 pounds a year because there is something called displacement. Uh, We've all seen Indiana Jones. We know he tried to take the golden uh, bust and then he replaced it with a bag of dirt. He sure did. And that bag of dirt, sometimes if you, so let's say alcohol is the golden bust. Are you on board? <laughs> yes. Okay. So he's like grabbing his gin and tonic. Yeah. Yeah. That bag of dirt. Replace it with a bag of dirt. You're which, trying to replace which, your gin and tonic with a bag of dirt. But it could be a bag of dirt Ritos. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, or sweets. So when I cut down on alcohol consumption, I definitely replaced that with dessert. So it's not like suddenly cutting out one thing means that you're not going to turn to some other vice because my sugar consumption is higher now than it was before. So you have to pay attention to, you know, if you stop alcohol, what are you trying to replace it with? Uh, If you stop having sugar, do you replace it with alcohol? Like there's always this sort of balance of figuring out, you know, oh, I stopped alcohol. Why am I not losing weight? And it's like, oh, well, because you're replacing it with soda or you're replacing it with a venti cafe latte or whatever. So be mindful that you're not, if you're deleting uh, alcohol from your diet, that you're not replacing it with some other vice because that definitely, that definitely happens. Yeah. And uh, again, I think uh, we're coming to an end on this. Um, You know, you'll have to figure out what's right for you in terms of whether you can keep alcohol in your diet plan or not. And, you know, I think some people out there are going to be able to do it, but sadly others, you're going to really have to decide for yourself whether or not you can. And the answer might be no, that you can't. And um, nobody wants to hear that answer, but at least for a while. um, And again, for me, it it turned out not to be forever. And now I, I don't, you know, it's a part of my life, but not really a regular part of my life. And I'm fine with that. 
Um, the benefits of being at my goal weight have far outweighed what I've lost, um, you know, in air quotes from all of those wine clubs and the, the frequent drinking and the, you know, feeling sophisticated, like nothing, ha uh, none of those things have felt better than being at my goal weight. Yeah. And there's a balance to be struck and we're not all the same. We don't all react the same way. A couple of people in our group said that they don't really drink at all, which must be nice for them, yeah. uh, but they have other issues. So uh, alcohol is part of being a grown up in many cases, in many places, alcohol is, <laughs> um, but it it is a social lubricant. It is, you know, something for celebration. It, uh, you know, it can be a great part of your life, but when it starts controlling you instead of you controlling it, when you start making exceptions and, you know, throwing caution to the wind and just deciding to get that second cocktail, which leads to the 2200 calorie chicken and biscuit meal at uh, Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> which it often did for me. When it starts controlling your choices and you feel like a victim, it is no longer a healthy part of your life when you start seeing it as something you can't replace and you're not willing to, you know, not be 250 pounds because, you know, you'll die before giving up your lava flows. So, um, so yeah, so just know yourself better, be an informed drinker instead of an intuitive drinker because I used to drink all the time and it was super fun. And so. be really honest with yourself about how you're going to react when you have alcohol in your life. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that is our, uh, our alcohol conversation. It is a moderate part of our lives now. I didn't think at one point that it could be, but it is. If you need additional help or support, please go and get it. There is no shame in needing extra support for, uh, for your consumption. So that is, uh, that's our talk on alcohol. That is our talk on alcohol. And I think now it is time to move on to the product of the week. Pow! Pow, everybody. So this, again, comes from a Walt chum. Walt Super Chum Darcy it suggested does. the progress app. Yeah, so uh, I will read her post. Is Go that ahead. Cool? Okay. Darcy says, you're good looking. Uh, no. <laughs> she did not <laughs> she say didn't. that. She said, I want to share something, a potential pow. I found this app that helps you take better progress picks. It's called progress oh, ah, i get it very creative i know creative. it stores front back and side photos and shows you sort of in an overlay where you can position yourself in the same spot every time uh i did pay i think it's uh the on the itunes i think it is the app store it's 5.99 for the deluxe model uh -huh. um but uh certain features are free i think you can do three or four different measurements uh for free but then if you want to upgrade it's 5.99 i think it's worth it um so it has a place to track your measurements and then your photos. I always hate those before and after photos or the progress photos where one of them is taken in an open field and the other is taken in a dark alleyway. And you're like, look at my yeah. progress. You know, the, those people that stole your before and after photo yeah. and used it for their product. I am convinced that many of the Instagram photos I'm looking at are of, of before and afters are not the same person. Well, and I actually know someone in uh, in one of my groups that she was the before picture to someone else's after and yeah, she found terrible. it and felt terrible because they were using her as the, like it's 
evil, evil, evil. So you well, don't want to be. That's sort of beside the point. The yeah. point here is that, and and it turns out that progress is only available on uh, Apple uh, on uh, iPhone. But um, I found an app called Prog on P R O G O N on. Um, Sounds like a supervillain. Prog on <laughs> destroyer on of worlds. Android, which does a very similar thing, and I actually paid for it. Um, uh, there was a free version, um, and I went ahead and paid to support the developer. It was only a dollar ninety nine, but it allows you to um, pull up a a picture of yourself and then use it as an overlay so that you can stand in exactly the same spot when you're taking your next photo. Um, and then it will automatically kind of move them side by side or, or um, above and below one another and create a little triptych for you so that your before and after photos look exactly the same. And I think that really helps because, again, the the alleyway shot and the open field shot just doesn't really make sense. Uh, I really don't like it when someone shows a progress photo and I'm like, yeah, I can totally see the difference. So having an app that helps you stand in the same place. uh, And these pictures can be just for you, um, you know, and and if that's if you don't want to share with the world, you definitely don't have to. But, you know, as we've suggested before on this show, like no matter where you are taking progress photos, I I wish I had more photos of me. I just didn't want to be photographed back when I was at my heaviest. I wish I had more photos of me back then so that I could really have some nice side by sides. I wish I did, too. And this app makes it easy. It does. So that is from uh, Walt Place Chum, friend of the show. Super Chum. Super Chum Darcy. Darcy. So so thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, And I will link to both apps in the show notes. And uh, that is your product of the week. Pow! Pow, everybody. Um, If you have uh, enjoyed this show and gotten something out of it, uh, we would really appreciate if you would take two minutes and go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. Um, We've gotten some really nice uh, comments. And um, a you know five star rating really helps uh, support it, the developers, it, as they say. It boosts us in the search when people are looking for um, you know weight loss and fitness uh, podcasts, and that would really help us out. And we would also really love to hear from you if you have any um, any stories about how alcohol has impacted your weight loss, ways that you've been able to figure out. Um, how to work it into your life. We would love to hear about them from you. And, um, you know, perhaps we will mention you as a uh, Walt Super Chum in a future episode. <laughs> um, so you can reach out to us at uh, weonlylookthin at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at weonlylookthin. On the socials. On the socials, as, as the they kids say. say. Uh, we also have a website, uh, weonlylookthin.com, uh, where you can listen to episodes and you can also uh, contact us through the site if you prefer. Um, and you can join uh, Walt Place, W-O-L-T Place. You can yeah. go to our website, uh, weonlylookthin.com, and look for uh, join our support group. We, and and by we, I mean Catherine, run an online support group uh, for women just like you um, who are looking to find some camaraderie, looking to find uh, you know tips and help and support. It's private um, so that your family and friends uh, won't know what you're talking about there and won't know what you're posting. And, um, you know, I think we've uh, put together a really great group of women um, who are, you know, sharing and supporting one another and really helping uh, to achieve weight loss goals. Yeah. And uh, Donald isn't really there because ladies talk 
about lady stuff. Yeah, and, uh, it's for it's for women only, and um, you know, I kind of uh, I'm there if anybody has a technical question, but I don't I don't yeah. really uh, look at posts or, <laughs> unless la- I'm actually tagged. On the last one, I said something like it's for the ladies. Yeah. Someone in the group posted a ladies man <laughs> picture. Like, yeah, it's a group it's for a, the ladies. Not appropriate. So uh, so thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have any other tips and tricks and ideas about how to moderate your alcohol consumption. We'd love to hear about it, so let us know. Yeah, or any other, you know, tip of the week suggestions or product of the week suggestions. Uh, we we love hearing from you. Yeah. So the next time you're at a Catalina wine mixer and you can't <laughs> tell the difference between a gin and tonic and someone drinking a Pepsi Clear, just remember <laughs> that Donald and I are an, an inspiration Asian. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.